listening to Village Talks. All right. Well, you are listening to Village Talks, and I am your host, Mark Clark, and I am here with Peter DeBoss. Peter came all the way from Amsterdam to sit with us just for the sole purpose of sitting with us. Right, Peter? Right. Uh, Okay. Uh, All right. So, Peter, uh, I want to dig in. Peter is sitting here uh, because he's got an amazing story. God's done some awesome things in his life. And and so I wanted to, you know, part of this whole uh, Village Talks idea is to do podcast shows with interesting people who've who've lived life and just have honest conversations with them. And so uh, we're here with Peter and uh, and him and I have been chatting over the last, uh, well, a couple of years, I guess we've known each other for how long? Yeah. Know each other is actually well, a strong three years, word. Three, three years, years, okay. So, so how did t- tell how yeah. did how did that? Why do we even know each other? What's yeah, yeah. I'll here? explain this um, first. <laughs> I'll explain this <laughs> very defensively. You know, um, there's a, a a friend of me in uh, in Amsterdam Crossroads Church International yeah. Church. So yeah, I was English speaking. And actually, That's the church she, you go to. Yeah, right? well, I, in the time. Okay. So, and then um, she um, told me, "Hey, you know my brother Yost? He's a he's a guy that worked with Mark Clark in uh, in Vancouver." Right. I'm sorry to hear so, that. So, yeah, and and uh, and actually, she said, "You know, you should Peter, you should listen um, to this um, to this sermons." It was right. 2010. Right. So I we think. had just started Village. Yeah, you right. just started yeah, with yeah. it. And I remember because she's, uh, the first uh, sermon I listened was uh, about uh, Ruth, the series of yes. Ruth. Yeah, yeah. And it was a Boaz, and you were shouting like, I don't know, man. I was, you were shouting so much that when I heard it for the first time, I thought, no, no, no. We in the Netherlands, we don't like shouting pastors, you know. Right, right. I just listened sure two like minutes. shouting pastors in Canada. Yeah, I said I put, listened two minutes and I put it off. But then, you know, a few weeks later, I listened again and I thought, "Wow, man, this is really good stuff." You know, it's clear, it's it's direct, and I, 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 I you know, I liked it very much. So then I started following, and actually, with a group of people in Amsterdam, we started listening and following, okay. with discussing your sermons yeah, and everything. Oh, wow. And then we had ID to uh, to contact contact you, you know, to to um, you know to see if it was possible to bring you over for uh, you know right. Doing a skeptic series or yeah, something, yeah, yeah, and you know we so we had a Skype Skype conversation. Yeah, and I from remember there, that it was it was me yeah. in my bedroom, yeah. and you like what four or five people or five in a house, us, yeah, and we were Skyping, my house. and you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. And I was, was like, fun. who are these crazy Dutch people yeah. who are all, you know, jacked yeah. up over there about, yeah. you know. we were jacked up. Jesus. It was good. Yeah. And then, and then I started following the Village Church and listening to all, every week podcast. Yeah. podcast. So uh, since oh, then. Great. And then I've been here three times. So we have met yeah. already three times. And, yeah. And uh, you had your family here last, yeah. uh, last summer. Awesome. And now you're here yeah. staying with us. This time, yeah. so it's always a, a pleasure to hang out, and you're you're excited and excitable and oh, passionate and Very encouraging mean, to so many people. So, and uh, I must yeah, say also yeah. that the village, you know, since since I listened to podcasts, it really deepened my relationship yeah. with Christ. Very yeah. much. Oh, that's good. And that's it's awesome. not that that our my church is not good or something. Like if mm-hmm. I'm listening now, you know. Peter, what are you saying? No, it's like more, it's different, you know, so it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's complimentary and sure, it helps sure. me a lot. So, yeah. oh, and great. also because I'm driving around in the Netherlands a few hours and then I listen to podcasts because, you know, that's, that's, that's right. nice. Right. Okay. So yeah. we're, we're talking to, uh, talking to you really about your story. And, uh, yeah. so, so take us back. What's, uh, how did you start out? Where were you born? Uh, what yeah. was the situation with your parents? And just let's hear the story of Peter. Yeah. Crazy story. Well, my my uh, my mother became pregnant, and my father left immediately. 
So, you know, real dude, you know, no yeah. responsibility, leaving. And so my mother was stuck with me and um, actually I said mental problems. So they put her in a, in a mental uh, hospital. Mm. And so they put me three years long in a in a sort of orphan house, you know. Okay, how old were you? Like I was well, zero baby? to three. Yeah. Okay. And my mother was like taking care of its brain shocks, like from the movie uh, One Cuckoo Over, uh, over Cuckoo's One Flew Nest. Over the Cuckoo's Nest, right, yeah. right, right. And with Jack Nicholson. They were doing like like brain shocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it made her worse. So the whole life she went into you know into. Um, um, this kind of hospitals, you know, so yeah. in and out, in and out, few months in, few months out, mm. and it actually went on. But when I was uh, three, I came out and she took care of me. She had a little job, you know, and everything was fine actually yeah. until I had a second father. So uh, my uh, my mother remarried, yeah. and um, that was awesome in the beginning. I had a father. I even my mother said, you know, you run out on the streets and you were telling everybody, I you have a f- I have a father, I have right. a father. I was so happy, exciting. And my my second dad was like, he loved it. You know, he had a son. He took me to all kind of you know activities. You know, and it was yeah. it was awesome. But two years later, I had my sister, <clears throat> stepsister, and from that moment, you know, I was ten years. Actually, he started. You know, thinking, hey, I'm not his son. I have my own daughter now. Right. So he started, uh, in the beginning, not loving me anymore. And then it went worse to worse. And when, and actually, he was starting to hit me, you know, and abuse me mentally and, you know, physically. And I so I, I decided to be on the streets. So we are living in Amsterdam. And I was like, in, in, in a sort of group, you know. So how old were you at this point? Yeah, 12. Okay, you know, so, and 12. Uh, robbing cars, you know, stealing cars, you know, drugs already in that age. So that was in Amsterdam, wow. that was not very difficult to get. So, you know, it was just like not going to school. And, and then at a certain point, there was one guy of the group that was caught for a murder. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, they all took us in and, um, well, the, the whole group fall apart. One guy got got caught and was in jail I think forever so and they were all older than I was and um, actually I was you know sitting on the street and I saw this American basketball player shooting by himself yeah and he said hey play with me and then I I started playing with him and I was like with my eyes closed I could shoot it in so he said you're talented Peter you should play basketball, and I started playing basketball. I was right, like, how tall are you right now? Well, Just so people get not, a picture. Not that tall, but wow, you're six six something. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I'm I am one ninety. I don't. I think it's six. One hundred and ninety centimeters. Yeah, you're doing? yeah, centimeters. Right, I don't know weight. I'm just a shooting. I was a shooting guard, so like right, right, okay. position, like small, yeah. small guard. Right, and so um, you're, you're you're playing basketball with this guy. Yeah, and yeah. then I was talented, and I was like one year later, I was playing in the national team mm-hmm. under 18, you know, youth team, and it was. So he, what he do? Sorry, you're on the playground. Yeah, he takes you under his wing and yeah. he starts training yeah. you, or what? Yeah, he started training me, and then yeah. he helped me to find a club. I could not afford it and everything. It was like living in a ghetto, you know, and. He just helped me, give me shoes, give me a ball, and I was yeah. like pumped about basketball. You know, right. It saved my my life actually in that moment. Right. Uh, until then, I have never heard about God or church. You know, mm. I was fifteen, I was just living, you know, mm. and um, playing basketball. And then I I also met in that time uh, my best friend. Still, he is my best friend, one of my best friends, and uh, he became a very famous soccer player. And, you know, we, we, we were buddies and uh, it helped me a lot to, to focus on sports, you know, right. and not go on the streets anymore. So, um, you know, so I started playing basketball and then I, I came in the military team 
in the military team I, I, uh, because I had no school, so I thought, now let's go into the military te- military service. I was 19. In the Netherlands, it's not, it was then not like, it was just a year. You know, right, it's, right. It's sort of, it was obligatory in that time, but now it's, fallen, now it's like professional. Right. So I went to the military service and I played basketball all the time, all kind of tournaments, and then they scout me and I played in Spain for a while. And um, there I met my wife. Um, we got married, and um, so how old are you at this point? Uh, like twenty-three. Okay, yeah. So we went to live. We went back to the Netherlands, and um, I had to find a job because in the Netherlands, playing basketball that is not bringing a lot of money, right? Because it's just who friends are looking. You know, your right. parents or friends are, are watching games, and so I came into a hospital to clean instruments of uh, operations, mm-hmm. you know, of just sur- for extra surgery. money. For, yeah, yeah. To, to have an income and then play basketball at right. the same time. So both things, mm-hmm. like part-time job. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, actually I came in the, in the operation room and there was this boss and, and she, like, was interested in my story and said, wow, you don't have education and, you know, you, know, you like to do something. I, I was liking the script nurse role. So, like, you know, being in the operation, helping the surgeon. And so I was the first one that get dispensation to enter in the study. So um, that was amazing, and I, it was like a miracle. And I did this three-year study. I became a script nurse in cardiac surgery with one more year, so I did four years of study. And actually, for many years, I worked as a, as a script nurse. And, um, and besides that, I did a lot of sport things. I was managing a basketball team and, you know, all kind of things. And when I was... I forgot to say that when I was 23, in the same time I was entering the study, you know, that had this success of going into studies yeah. uh, for the first time in my life. Um, I was walking one day on the streets in Amsterdam, in the center, and there was a big plate outside the hotel. It says, here speaks Nicky Cruz. Hmm. Now, Nicky Cruz was a guy, and I didn't, didn't know who he was, so I just was curious. I went in, right. and I sit in the back in this big place, and uh, full of people, and... So he was sharing his testimony that he was a gang leader in the Mau, from the Mao. So Nicky, Nicky Cruz, Nicky Cruz is a, yeah. for those of you who don't, he's a yeah. pretty he's a well known evangelist. Yeah. He goes and tells his story, and was he connected with uh, David Wilkerson yeah, at some right, point? Yeah, right. That, because he 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 uh, was preaching on the streets in New York, right? And then he was a gang leader, and yeah. then he became Christian. You know, through David Wilkerson's yeah. ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And he, he, he threatened him to death, you know. Right. It was really crazy. You should read right. the so book. He is, so Nicky Cruz <laughs> is actually part of the story yeah. of the cross and the switchblade. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, he's, yeah. The, he's, he's the main, the main act, dude. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he was leader, I, 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 a gang leader of the Mau Mau. Gang right, leader that's Mau. right. Okay, okay. So he was sharing a story, and I felt a bit like, you know, I, I understand his story and everything. And at the end of his, uh, his when it was finished with his uh, testimony, he asked, People want to give their life to Jesus, and then lots of people went to the front, and then he waited a long time. He said, there's a dude in the back. He doesn't want to come, but he feels that, and it's true, I felt, but I was looking around me, and I said, hey, there are more guys in the back, you know, so. <laughs> it I ain't me, I'm go. feeling something, but it ain't <laughs> I, me, bro. I didn't want to go, you know, yeah. like, but I, at the end I went, and, right. and I went to the front, gave my life to Jesus, although I had no clue what it means, what right. it meant, I right. had no idea, right. and so he prayed with all of us, and he prayed with me, and he said, man, God has a special plan for your life. And I'm like, well, wow, that's nice. But, you know, <laughs> I'm, you know. And it, everything went well because I was studying and everything. And then after the service, they connect me with the Pentecostal church. So I went there like three years. And I must say, three years, uh, I didn't understand a clue about the gospel. So that's, that's a little sad. But now, 
later I can see that it was not it was not the church fault, but I thought it was the church fault. Was this was this the place where you uh, we were we were laughing earlier? We were reading the Babylon Bee about uh, a teenager <laughs> who fakes tongues. Yeah. Was this where that yeah, happened for that you? Happened, like, yeah. Okay. So what yeah, there was a home group. I was right. in this home group, and they were praying over me every week right. for the Holy Spirit, and that I should uh, pray in Speak tongues. Speaking tongues, right, right. And I, I, as I didn't understand even the gospel, I didn't understand how could I? I was, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. you know. Yeah. And at a certain point, they were so uh, pressing up to me that I was thinking, you know, I just, I just pray in tongues, and I'll just do something. <laughs> right. yeah. And they were, you know, they were you went to shut them up oh, or something. <laughs> and they were praising and, and they were happy, you know, for me. And I was like, "There, I never came back." Right. It was my last time. I was so. In you a, did you fake tongues? I yeah. just want to. I want to yeah, get yeah. on the record. Yeah, you I fake. Yeah. <laughs> I can I do don't it. Think I've ever I can to do it. Admitted. I can do it. <laughs> right, right. I can do it right now. Fake the gift of tongues just to get out of a meme. Just I just I just heard them. You know, I heard yeah. them doing it. So I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, so I get out of there, and then you know it was three years. In that those three years, so I married my uh, my. Actually, a lot of th- uh, good things happened. I married, I um, you know, and um, um, I became a, a script nurse in cardiac surgery. So a lot of good things. But still, I, I left the church, and uh, so <clears throat> completely opposite happens because it was religious. I tried to to do all these rules, you know, like not yeah. drinking, not the, all my friends were saying, Hey man, what's going on, man? You're a basketball player. I mean, now you don't, you don't, you don't drink anymore. You don't do anymore. And I was trying so hard these three years to do everything well, and I could not. And so, um, you know, I left the church and then the opposite happened. So I started doing all those things. So what happened then is like one evening, um, I was, um, my, I saw my best friend. He became uh, a coach of a very important team in Spain. Mm. And actually, you know, I, I thought, you know, let's go to, to Spain and leave the Netherlands. And, you know, I was um, in a divorce because I actually I was like, you know, I've, I actually felt sorry because I was thinking she deserved a much better guy. Right. You know, I'm like, so did you instigate the divorce then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I uh, actually, I remember one thing as a very sad thing. I was living already in Spain and I came back and... I had a new girl for, girlfriend for a time being, you know, for a moment, and I came back and I sit down with my 16-year-old boy, you know, my son, and I explained him the, the situation. And, you know, that was sad because, you know, like, there was, that was really one of the hardest things mm-hmm. that I, I, I had to do. And, and actually, it took a long time for us to become good again together. Right, so. right, right. But I went to Spain, and um, actually, um, there I was living the same life in Amsterdam. So I just moved from Amsterdam to Spain to yeah. live the, the, the Yet Set life, you know, with right. famous people and the what? going the, the out. The what life? I call it Yet Set. Yet you Set? Know? What yeah, is that? You know, that's... It's like the, the, the athletes and the musicians. Oh, okay, okay. The, the famous people. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, the yet. So I was yeah, around okay. them and, you know, and, and I was like, you know, living like, right. like with all this, these things happening. But actually, many, suddenly I started not sleeping well at night. Hmm. I was like sweating and, and doing I knew all these players in this, uh, fam- in this football team, you know, it's, uh, well, soccer is, <laughs> you're very famous, so I know mm. you don't, you don't understand about it, but right, right. <laughs> it's like, there is like, you know, That's you go deal. out with those guys, everybody yeah. wants to be a friend, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. all these girls around. And there was one player, he was actually the most boring player of the team, a Brazilian player, it's Silvino, Silvio. And um, actually, he started talking to me. He said, "Peter, I see that you are, you know, you doesn't, you don't look really happy. You play that you are happy, but you don't look happy." So, well, you know, 
I'm, I'm happy. I'm okay. I didn't sleep well. I was sweating at night and I felt terrible. I, I, I was starting to think, you know, what is this all? Is this what I wanted? You know, freedom. So how, how many and, years after this? Yeah, well, this is like, I make long, long steps because oh. this is like, I'm in my forties. So, you, so, so you've been divorced how long? Five, four, no, five no, years? No, much longer. I, oh, I longer divorced than. in 2006, 10 years. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. No, sorry. I'm talking about at this point in the story. Yeah. You had been divorced for how long and been in Spain? Uh, yeah. Well, I left to Spain in 2003 and I, I actually divorced, I think, 2005 something. Right. So okay. okay. So you're in Spain. So, so two years I was living like, you know. In Spain before you met this yeah, guy. In yeah. The, okay. Yeah. Okay. Two years. And okay. then living it out and, you know, yeah. yet set life. Yeah? Yes, yet okay. set, right. So, and then he started talking to me and he started yeah. talking with me about Jesus. Mm. And he was Christian. And um, actually I told him, look, I've been three years there, man, in a Pentecostal church. I don't like this Christian stuff at all. Mm. I don't understand it. I don't like it. And, and then he started really um, being very interested in me. And he explained me the things different, you know, like... You know, that understanding that Jesus died for me and that I, I can be like completely free and mm. giving everything to him. I didn't understand that. You know, mm. I just always felt miserable that I was like the bad, I was bad guy. The burden. The, yeah, big burden. Yeah, yeah. And he started, you know, we just drove into the mountains and sit there and he was taking those, t he took really time for me to explain yeah. it. I thought he was the most boring dude and he's, we started to be really good friends. And then he had a good friend. He was a Spanish pastor, and he also came a lot to see games. And then he started also talking to me a lot. And then it took me a year. You know, it took me the, a mm. year to really understand the gospel. Oh, wow! And to warm time, up to it again. Yeah, and yeah. and in that time, I met a, a, a new girlfriend, and it was around two thousand mm. you know, uh, eight, seven. Mm -hmm. And um, she was an atheist. She said so. She didn't want to do anything with Christianity. And I was starting to go to church again, an international church in Barcelona, and it was nice. And uh, but I still didn't really, you know, I didn't really make the decision yet. And I was still actually, I was still like addicted to porn, for example. You know, I was like, like you know, I was addicted. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> I was standing. How in long that had church. that? How long had you been addicted to porn? Well, that, that, well I was addicted to porn. Well more than I was just chasing girls, you know, mm -hmm. but then at, at one point I was like also in the internet, you know? mm -hmm. so I was just watching everything and mm -hmm. whatever. And it was like a few years. Okay. So when I was in Spain, I was bored. And when you're bored, you just, I was mm -hmm. just looking around. I was alone. Yeah. And then I met this girl, you know, and, and I um, actually uh, told her, I go sometimes to church. I hope you don't mind. She said, no, no, no. If it's good for you, please go, but don't bother me with this. Mm -hmm. you know? So... I said, okay, I, I don't worry. And I was, I was praising God with my hands up, and I was still watching porn. You know, this was the situation, and I didn't understand really the gospel yet. So, um, actually, my, that girlfriend started to read the Bible behind my back, hmm. the New Testament. A, even that she was an atheist, and she came with all kind of passages from Jesus, and she said, "Hey, man, where'd she get this Bible?" Yeah, my Bible. From you, she's reading home. yours? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> she was moving in with me. You know, we were just living together. Right, right, like, right. So you're living together. You're yeah. going to church. Yeah. She stays home. She's sneaking a little Bible <laughs> yeah. time, and you're up right. there. Right, right. And she's uh, reading the New Testament, and she came with okay. all these words and all this. And I said, hey, man, hey, don't bother me. Man. I know I'm not doing all this stuff, you know, but, you know, I'm learning. Oh, so she started saying, yeah, hey, I'm said, reading hey, this in the gospel. You don't do this. You don't do this. Jesus says this, but you don't do it. Oh. But in the same time, as yeah. she was atheist, and she hated it, everything she started she started understanding the gospel mm. 
like way quicker than I did. So then she said, you know, there was this this Brazilian football player. He said, come to our home. I will, every week we have a home group. So we went there and actually I saw a movie the other day of us sitting there and we didn't, we, they were all dancing and clapping and, you know, hallelujah. And we were just sitting there like, what's going on here? You know, let's get out of here. Right, right, right. It was funny. That was the first time we went at this home group. You've had some interesting experiences in these yeah. home groups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't pray in talks, you know. Right, so. right, okay. But, you know, there we start really uh, getting friends, like Spanish friends that really uh, love Jesus and they, explained us a lot with a lot of you know patience and it was really one of that was the best time and we started really on start slowly understanding gospel so we decided to marry and we gave our life so to she, jesus she became a christian yeah, through reading Selena. the new testament behind yeah, your back yeah. yeah it's amazing and and she for her it was like coming home like something that she mm. looked for her whole life and then she she felt like coming home and it, it helped me to make the step like from the, just the little last step, mm-hmm. and that, that was like, for me, that was important. So we both gave our life to Jesus, and um, from that on, uh, we, we started with those friends. We started a church in Barcelona, a church mm-hmm. plant by ourselves, and it was, that was a beautiful time. And in that point, there was a, a guy, a Dutch guy, who had a company like in sports athletes management company and he saw me going into the stadium and out i knew all these people and he said hey man why don't you work for me you become a sport agent i thought wow that's that's great you know sounds good so uh, i became a basketball and football agent in spain i did the spanish office and um, it was by uh, football do you mean soccer football soccer yeah soccer sorry sorry Soccer and basketball. I just didn't know. Yeah. We, you know so, we're picturing yeah, people, uh, you crazy. being an agent for Dutch, <laughs> Dutch guys throwing a football no. around. And and so there was started in 2006, and uh, you know, in 2008, the uh, the financial crisis hit Spain very hard. Right. And then um, you know it it went downhill, and so in 2010 they decided to fire me. 2011. And then we had, and I was really like, come on, you know, I just became a Christian and now I'm fired. I thought now everything is good. You know? So in that agent yeah. world, were you doing well? Was it, was it, the money was good? The, yeah. yeah, well, well, the money was good, yeah, in the beginning, because yeah. we did good deals and it was really fun and, and, um, and you know, big cars, money, you know, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, yeah. Show me right, the money. Right. <laughs> that was you. You were Jerry Maguire. Show Mc- me the money. You were Jerry Maguire. Yeah, I was Jerry Maguire. Yeah, I had yeah. to show the money, but right, that's not right. easy. So you were going in cutting deals with people yeah, and yeah. going hard, Talking right? with the clubs, talking with the players. Right, and, right, know, right. I worked with an NBA agent, so we brought right. some American players to school. Help me help you, yeah. Peter. All right. That's that's the way it right, goes. That was your inspiration. So, and then uh, so I got fired. So 2008 hits. Yeah. 2008, financial crash. Yeah. You get fired. Yeah. In 2011, we okay. went back to the Netherlands. Right. And um, it was devastating for me. We just had a baby and, you know, and then my, my wife said, you know, relax. We are now, God will find a way, you know. She was so mature very quickly in, in her faith. And I was like, oh, man. She's a great, middle, great What can woman. I do? Yeah. And, um, and so back from Spain, you know, back to the Netherlands, we decided to live in The Hague because my wife thought, you know, your background in Amsterdam, mm. <laughs> I think it's better that we move to mm. The Hague. And there was a friend of mine. He was a heart surgeon. He said, come, you, I mean, you're seven years out of surgery, but, you know, I... 
with just two weeks with me and you know everything again. So uh-huh. I, I went back to surgery. And, uh, and it was fun because it was on the bike, in the rain, in the morning, you know, thorns and thistles, back to the totally. hospital every morning yeah. at 7 o'clock. That was a different life than driving in a car to see games and, you know, yeah. in the sun in Spain. So right. it was a little big difference. <laughs> but, you know, we, we had a good, great time because we felt, well, we were... We were uh, we we found our church and we were very happy and you know uh, serving at church and and doing all this stuff and then you know then um, that was and then American company came and I'm working now for an American company and it's actually uh, as a specialist in uh, rhythm heart surgery so right. I'm teaching now heart surgeons um, wow. how to do uh, minimal invasive techniques for uh, atrial fibrillation that's a rhythm problem of mm-hmm. the heart. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you know. So you don't do the surgeries like, yourself, but you no, no, teach a teaching. lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we have we we have this uh, equipment, you know. Yeah. So and and we sell, right? And then we have to uh, support the surgeon how to use it and the people in the in the OR. Right. And it's amazing. But sometimes I'm speaking for medical students, and then I I'm explaining this, and then I'm thinking at the same time, man, I don't have a school diploma. I just. This is amazing how this uh, kind of people God uses. Man, it's so if you so so when you look back at your story, yeah. obviously it's a multifaceted story mm-hmm. with a lot of angles we didn't explore. But um, as you look back at the early years, or you look back at the mistakes you made in your first marriage, and what are some of the things? What are some of the lessons that you go, man? As I look back, here's here's what I would say. I learned, or here's what I learned about God, or here's what I learned about suffering, you know, whatever. What were the things you pull out of your own story? <clears throat> no, well, I would tell, please listen immediately to uh, the Village podcast. <laughs> because <laughs> What, this one? <laughs> right now? This, no, no. The, I mean, <laughs> this is such gold. <laughs> no, no, this will change no, no yeah. your sermons on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. um, yeah. Well, you know, um, life, you know, it's, it's, it's strange because, you know, things happen like it happens and, and it's like, you know, sometimes I think I wish I wish uh, I knew earlier, you know, the right in the right way to, to worship Jesus and know how, you know, but then but part of it. I mean, let, let's go back to something hmm. you said earlier, because, you know, you said you existed at this Pentecostal church for three years and you never really understood the gospel. Hmm. But, you know, you told me on the way here that. You you told the guy that <laughs> you yeah. said, "Hey, yeah. bro, I yeah. just at your church for three years, yeah. and all I, I didn't realize." Yeah. But you said you you actually listened to him still yeah. now, yeah. and it ain't that bad. No. But you weren't ready. No, you weren't no. willing to hear no. it. So how do you explain that to you? What's going on there? Was yeah, bro, there sin in your life? Yeah. Things that you couldn't hear no, and understand was, properly? It's just it's just the flow, you know. You just I'm just in the service and I'm not understanding. Actually, they didn't. In, in my opinion, they didn't speak a lot about Jesus. Oh, and, and right, I, right. You know, it was just like a lot of you know principles for and life. Repent oh, okay, and repent, you go right. to hell if you don't okay. do this and that. And I was just oh, terrified. You know, right, it's like right, right. like your stories that you were in this campfire and they will say, right. "Hey, I throw you in." Right. <laughs> well, like, it wasn't quite that intense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Worst camp ever. Worst camp we'll throw you we'll throw into you this into fire. It. Yeah. Unless well, you accept yeah. Christ. Well, wow. Well, then you ah, accept The camp Christ. was shut down about three weeks after that. <laughs> Never to reopen. Yeah, yeah it wasn't funny. quite that intense, but... No, but yeah. it's... it's you Right, know, it was a lot of fear. It was, it was a, a black lot of, yeah. church. It was very, 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 like, 
a lot of worship and shouting and screaming and yeah. you know, dancing. And it was right. awesome. But it was like, there was nobody like really explaining me like, right. you know, about Christ. Right. You know, I was, and now, in, indeed, 20, 30 years, I don't know, later, a lot of mm. years later, I listened to, um, to, uh, to his sermon. And he's, I mean, he's now 70, whatever, but he's still preaching. Mm. And it's like, he's preaching about Jesus, man. Mm -hmm. it so it wasn't like focused I, on Jesus. It, it was like, if, I, if he didn't do it then, or I didn't, just didn't hear it. You know? so, sure. So, and I think it's the, la but the I, last thing. So I sure. wrote him. Yeah. I wrote him. I said, look, I came to your, uh, your church. You baptized me. You, you right. married me. And, you know, and actually I was in this flow and I did all these things. But I remember he sat down with me and said, hey, you guys have to marry Right. And we just, you just, we just then marry. You got to make it right. So right. We just do it. We just think, okay, we do that then. Right. But it was not really explaining why, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, we just, you know, we just baptized. What about when you go back to uh, Nikki Cruz or your teen years, where you're out on the street? What, what are the stuff you take from that about God or His grace? You know, I, I just picture you and a story like that, looking back, going, "Man, how did I get here?" he was in it he took me he yeah. saved me from this yeah. situation that your buddy got you know mur who murdered someone yeah. and you get taken yeah. in and yeah. and you get let go and you yeah. bump into a basketball like these are yeah. all yeah it's such yeah. marks of grace in when, your yeah. it's, he's it's, hunting you he's, yeah it's amazing yeah when you look back i think all these things happen you know so that i to 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 uh to make attention on him, but yeah. I didn't see it. But I right. didn't grow up like you know. I, yeah. I've never heard about Christianity. You right. Know? It's like, right. For me, there was like something, something weird, something strange. Right. And I remember after church, also in the Pentecostal church. I mean, we went into the tram. It's like like you know, metro thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just sit with this whole group, and they start singing and jumping. And I was like, oh, and I was ashamed, you know. Right, I was like, right. oh man, I got, you know, because if you don't understand the gospel, right, then you are ashamed because. Now I understand it. I, I'm not ashamed anymore. Mm. So I am totally free because I know that Jesus was not ashamed on the cross for me. Yeah. And then, so that's the, the big difference in thinking. Yes. Right. So I was just looking like from the outside. I wanted to be, actually my desire was I want to be a Christian then in, when I was young and I was, right. had all this trouble and I had no mother love and my, my, uh, I had no father mm. you know so I, I actually wanted this I this father love you know right. this 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 attracted me but I, I never experienced that mm. in that church in the first time now I experience it but I didn't experience it then so for me that was really really like you know it was a sort of deception I, did, I expected much more and I, it was just feelings I didn't I didn't think about you know think about theology <laughs> I didn't right. think about so what now? You got uh, tell us about your family scenario now. Yeah, well, it's so it's uh, it's wonderful. I we we married and then we had a little baby girl, and now we have a boy as well. So mm -hmm. my daughter is six, and my my son is uh, nearly two, mm -hmm. and uh, we feel very blessed, man. And uh, actually, since two years, I'm a volunteer speaker for IGM International Justice yep. Mission in yep. the Netherlands, because uh, suddenly it hit me that. Because I, I experienced also uh, injustice in my youth. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, you know, uh, I listened one day to a speaker. Actually, uh, he, he was from Canada, a speaker from IGM. He was in our church. And mm -hmm. I thought, wow, man, this is, this is horrific. And I, f I felt like uh, 
This is the I same IJM we're a part of yeah. as a church yeah. as well. We support them, and you're actually awesome. on. Are you on their board or no, something? No, I'm you're just, just I'm you're a just, volunteer yeah. speaker. Yeah. So they they That's phone great. me and they send me to churches or to uh, to students yeah. uh, to universities. That's what our golf tournament is raising money for yeah. this year. Amazing. So. Great. Yeah, it's great work. So, so you're doing that. Yeah, you're working. You got your family. Tell us about Amsterdam. What's interesting about that in regard to Christianity and church life? You go to a church right now. It's, yeah. it's a church on mission. It's yeah. reaching people for Jesus. What is? It? I, I assume it's pretty uh, spiritually it's a pretty dark, very difficult place. Amsterdam and the, well, the Netherlands. The Netherlands is very difficult. First of all, part, big part of the Netherlands is very conservative, like mm-hmm. old fashioned. They they dress up with hats and go to church in a certain part of the Netherlands and do they um, wear like wooden yeah. like shoes yeah, and yeah. clip well, clop they're, on they're the way very, there so it's it's very it's, it's, it's I won't say boring but it's a little different it's right. different right you know? so and then we do you guys play a lot of like uh, settlers of Catan and that kind of stuff Is well I don't know I don't go to those Dutch churches blitz. So I don't know what they're doing but I think it's an organ only. <laughs> you know this all big organ yeah yeah but no in, in Amsterdam it's difficult and it's um, I'm actually part of an international church so uh, that's right. nice because it's a lot of uh, expats the Nellis is full of uh, foreigners and so uh, it's beautiful to have all these people in the church and, yeah that's good and Crossroads Amsterdam has like 1500 people members and mm-hmm. um, uh, we are now part of Crossroads the Hague because it's our neighbor it's, mm. it's in our city and I think it's good to have your church near Local yeah. church, it's yeah. important. So for home groups, TT uh, formation, like the TT trios, what we do. And um, all those things is important to have near. So yeah. when we see uh, my friends, you know, my, my brothers, we, we just say, hey, on the beach, 10 minutes, okay, we have an hour. And you and your wife are very evangelistic, you're very focused oh, yes. on. Yeah. My, my, my wife awesome. is like doing a lot of, like in our neighborhoods, yeah. she speak to all the women there. And yeah. it's interesting because now we see that God brought us to the Netherlands and there's reason for it because yeah. there's a lot of women. Sure. That one is like just divorced, the other one just had a miscarriage, you know, and she's like, you know, pastoring mm. to those women. You right. know, it's like, right. it's yeah. amazing. It's great. God has you. And there. also on our school of our daughter. So uh, we just, we just, we just there and I'm right. speaking to every surgeon that I meet. And you're preaching now? Yeah, well, right. yeah. Every once I have in a while. the opportunity to once yeah. in a while preach. Yeah, it's good. That's uh, that's that's nice. Um, actually, I love doing it. Although it's very difficult. I admire you, you pastors, man. I mean, that's I, I I got an assignment. Like I have two months to prepare a sermon. Right. I mean, that's right. that's great because like this, I dig into the text and I listen to sermons and I make my own. Then I, with all this information, my, my own sermon. But it's like it's it's nice because you get into this subject very much. And yeah, learn more from the Bible, and that's very important. So, Peter, I look at your life. I see ministry ahead of you in whatever capacity, whether that's formal stuff later in life or whatever. And what I one of the things I take away is, um, you know, and I don't think you mind me saying this because you're going to be preaching on it in a couple of weeks with Jonah. But you weren't necessarily a good guy. No. Right? No. And God has saved you in spite of yourself. Yeah. And uh, and he's using you now in a really, way yeah. that you could, you know, when you walked in to listen to Nikki Cruz preach, you probably never imagined you at the front of a church no. like that with the microphone no. preaching to people. Crazy. And uh, it's, it's crazy, crazy what God does. Yes. You know? It's so it's, totally. uh, it's amazing what mm. he does and the kinds of people like you and I that he uses. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that's the main the main yeah. deal here. We serve a very powerful mm-hmm. God who's got a plan. Yeah. So uh, you know, I also want to say something because of today's sermon. I listened about the tree and the fruit, you know, and I was I was this period that I was like um, so you know addicted to porn. And actually, I, I didn't have a clue, you know. I was like praying, I'm sorry, you know, I don't do it anymore. And then I went to church and praised God again, and then it happened again. And it was a period like that happening all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was like on a moment that I was thinking, hey, this has to quit, you know, this has to quit. And I have to um, focus on Jesus, as you explained today. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a bit difficult to explain, you know, because the other day someone asked me also, some dude, you know, this is the same problem. So I like now to tell, to sit down with guys and explain them, you know, what to do about it. And, and uh, actually, there's one guy, I ask him to phone me every time that he got this desire. Really? Because if you hear my voice, I'm sure you don't want to look for him. Hello. Hey, Tom. <laughs> How you doing? So, What's but it's so true what you said today. It's so important to to really get into the inside and yeah. start loving Jesus more, and then right. and then it disappears and it goes fast. Yeah, one of the best things I've ever and I've you know I I hark on this uh, harp on this often in the in the church, but uh, but I keep coming back to it because it's so important. So those of you out there maybe connecting with what Peter's saying now, um, P just Google. Uh, it's old language, um, but. It's so worth it. Thomas Chalmers, The Expulsive Power of a New Affection. That, if you take an afternoon, sit for an hour and a half, two hours, it's a sermon by uh, an old Scottish preacher, hundreds of years. Um, it is the most, one of the most brilliant articulations of what we're talking about right now because um, he, he argues that we, and you've probably heard me preach on this before, but... Um, you can't just, um, you can't just lose an idol. Mm -hmm. You can't just lose an addiction. You have to replace an addiction. You have to supplant it. You have to take it, uproot it. Mm. But then as Jesus says, you can't dust the, you can't dust the demons out of a house Mm -hmm. and leave it empty. Mm -hmm. You have to fill it back up again. Mm -hmm. And so Chalmers says the expulsive power of a new affection is that you have to start to love God more than you love the sin. That's the only way to ever. And so what he, what he explains is we never just we never just dismantle an idol. We always replace it. And so he says the youth, you know, will will become. Let's say they're jacked up about politics, hmm. and that's their idol, and that's the thing they're really excited about. Um, it's not as if you just stop being excited about politics. You replace it with excitement about power. Mm-hmm. And you, oh, the only way you ever get away from politics is because now you obsess about power. Or the only way you, you replace power is because now you obsess about money or sex or whatever. And, and so the whole, his whole point is the only way that we ever begin to supplant anything in our life is not only by identifying it, and getting rid of it, but it's by actually replacing it. And that's the only way to have long-term. Yeah. So this is the kind of stuff you're talking about yeah. with guys as you sit them down. It's the know, Hebrew 12, yeah. Hebrews 12, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. That's the only way to get rid of the sin that's so easily yeah. entangles, which is what that's about. And then when you, when you get rid of it, you feel so, you feel so wonderful. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like you feel so free. Yeah. And that's... That's why I live. I I just walk around like 
like you know happy all the time yeah even when when things happening because my right. my my wife also had a miscarriage mm. and we could you know she she wrote a beautiful blog and it helped mm. her you know so and and it actually was a sad moment but still you know we later had a little boy and, and um, I mean we just walk around like wow man this life with Jesus is so awesome mm -hmm. it's grace you know just it's grace so awesome all right Peter yeah. well thank you so much uh, for spending some time I'm sure your story you. will encourage and inspire uh, a lot of people so it's all I look at your story similar to, to mine in the sense of just undeserving dudes doing dumb things and god uh god goes okay i'll i'll pluck you from that and do do something so yeah. you know right yeah okay thanks, thanks peter Mark. appreciate it and thanks for listening to uh this episode of village talks thank you for listening to village talks you can find out more about village church including ways to support the ministry at thisisvillagechurch.com